Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Been mostly inside today with a lot of rain here in the Bay Area. Um, dogs mostly laying around, cause, and I'm letting the basically sponge-furred poodle out as little as possible. Yep. And uh, we've had to restart a couple times, and it's not my fault this time. It's Look, not your fault this time. My mic, my mic is pointing the right way. See, your, the word "back" is on the back. Your mic is pointing the right way. You actually have your headphones connected. We're we're cooking. You're cooking with gas. I'm not. As I'm much cooking with gas. gas. But Maybe anyway. I'll burn the place down. All right, but we are here today to preview the upcoming Packers Chargers game coming up this Sunday. Give you all of the news, all the analysis that you need to be ready for this game. Uh, before we do, though, just wanted to pitch a couple of things. If you like what you hear here today, come give us a follow on Twitter at Father Son Packer. We tweet out articles we find interesting, pieces of stats that we find for these episodes that we find interesting, Packers news, Packers videos, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Pretty much anything Titletown related, you can come give us a follow there. Once again, it's at Father Son Packer, and you can keep yourself up to date with the team. And then subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We even put all our episodes out on YouTube as well. You can find us there. If you subscribe to us there, we would really appreciate it. It would really help our numbers. But anyway, Dad, let's get into this. Uh, but before we do, just a, li- a little bit of Packers news this week. And that is that Brian Balaga has signed a short-term contract with the Packers to retire a Packer, which is very exciting. What I love is, I don't know if you saw some of his quotes, like, I don't know if I'll ever live down Brian Balaga, Awa. Did you see they remade But he says he's liked it being funny. That's did you see they did mind. It was they remade the video of him doing it, and they posted. I did it to not know that. I hadn't, funny, I hadn't yeah. seen that yet. They did. It was like the caption was like "One last time." It was like Brian Malaga. <laughs> I, anyway. I should have listened to some of those audios and videos. Yeah. Okay. Packers, but anyway, Packers. Packers legend. Great right tackle for a long time. Real bookend tackle there. Underrated player. Honestly, he was so good at right tackle for so many years for the Packers. But that is the main piece of Packers news from this week. Dad, let's get into this game. No point in wasting any time, right? And let's start with the yuck injury report. Yeah. Every single week, it seems like there's just something more annoying about the injury Some report. Some critical player. With a last-second injury. is like always the Friday. Some, there's we got to stop about- practicing on Friday. Every freaking week, somebody new pops up on Friday. Yeah. Quay Walker one week popped up on Friday. Jair Alexander, back injury on a Friday. And this week, it is Rashawn Gary. Uh, who apparently got injured today in practice with a shoulder injury, according to Matt LaFleur. I don't know what the hell they're doing on Fridays. Uh, it's not going to be long-term, he said, they hope, but he is now questionable for the game. And that kind of leads us into the rest of this injury report really quick, which is that Jair Alexander is questionable with a shoulder injury. He did not participate in practice on Wednesday, but he was limited Thursday and Friday, so there's at least that. Rudy Ford is doubtful. Uh, he did not participate any of the practices this week. And Zach Cruz had this interesting stat on Twitter. Uh, Zach Cruz of Packers Wire. Um, he tweeted out that the Packers have listed three players as doubtful for a game this season and none have played. So pretty much not expecting Rudy Ford to play, combining that with the fact that he hasn't practiced at all this week. And then the last one is Quay Walker, who was questionable with a groin injury. He was limited every day this week and so practice, practice limited each day this week. So that's at least, I think, a promising sign. Dad, anything on the Packers side of this injury report that you want to touch on or do you, should I go through the Chargers ones? Well, it's nice to see a number of players get no injury game status designation um, that had been recently, like uh, Watson, Nyman, Runyon, Jenkins, 
Jones, Clark, they all had some kind of limited, but none of them have an injury designation. Yeah, so that's encouraging anyway. Definitely some good news there. Unfortunate about unfortunate about Gary. Um, I'd be a little surprised if he plays with like getting an injury on a Friday, but he's also very tough, so you never know. Uh, on the Chargers side of things, um, the big one is Keenan Allen, who is questionable with a shoulder injury. He did not participate in practice on Wednesday, uh, but he was limited on Thursday and a full participant on Friday. So assuming he plays, that's their star wide receiver. He's probably going to play. Given yeah, that he was and I think he was Friday. quoted as saying, to, I forget to what reporter, that he is gonna, planning to play. He's yeah, expecting beyond, to play. Beyond that, uh, Isaiah Spiller popped up on the injury report with an illness for them. He is questionable. Uh, and then Jalen Guyton popped up on the injury report. These are both players who popped up on Friday. Uh, Spiller didn't practice on Friday. And then Guyton was limited on Friday with a groin injury uh, that he sustained on Friday. And he is questionable. So that's maybe not looking so good for him. And then Gerald Everett, their starting tight end, is out for this game. Uh, so probably a little, I th- uh, probably Donald Parham uh, seen in this game. He is on the injury report, but without an injury designation. Uh, so the Chargers, dad, are getting kind of thin at receiver is my takeaway from this injury report. Mike Williams and Josh Palmer are already on IR. Uh, Jalen Guyton has popped up late on this injury report. Uh, he is now questionable, like we said. Uh, and then Keenan Allen is dealing with that shoulder injury. Even if he is going to play, he's probably not going to be quite 100%. So definitely something to keep an eye on. And pass catchers in general with Gerald Everett being out. So they're kind of losing some of those weapons in the passing game, which is definitely something to keep an eye on. Dad, anything else in the injury report you wanted to touch on? Or should we move into our game preview? Um, I guess we'll, you know, another chance to see, uh, Anthony Johnson Jr. play probably. Yes. Probably with, uh, Rudy Ford, most likely not Rudy playing. Ford out. And, and I would say I would expect Allen to play and be a problem. I think he did, well, when he, did still did a lot of damage last week. When he sustained um, that injury, the shoulder injury in his last game, he left, went to the blue medical tent, came straight out of the blue medical tent and scored a touchdown. So it was clearly bothering him and it just, he's just that guy. So it didn't really matter. And we'll talk a lot about Keenan Allen when we when we're previewing the Chargers offense because he's been a problem for pretty much everyone they've played. But Dad, let's just start with the meat of the game preview. A couple of quick facts: game time, noon Central at Lambeau, forecasted for a high of forty-five and sunny, so pretty nice day. Chargers are favored by three points uh, via DraftKings with an over/under of forty-four, so an implied result of around you know twenty-three and a half to twenty and a half, twenty-three to twenty uh, Chargers. Um, in terms of keeping up with the Joneses, uh, the Chargers are four and five and in third place in the AFC West, currently out of the playoffs. Um, in terms of traditional statistics, they are seventh in points per game at 26.6 and 11th in yards per game. That's on, those are both on offense. Uh, and they are 24th in points per game allowed at 23.8 and 31st in yards per game allowed on defense. Uh, and they give up the most yards per game passing. By DVOA uh, per FTN Fantasy, which takes into account opponent. Uh, They are 27th in defense, for reference, Green Bay is 23rd, uh, 25th against the pass, and 24th against the run. And they are 8th on offense, so very offense-oriented team. If you've ever seen the Chargers play, this should not be surprising to you. This Uh, is like going, this goes back over 40 years. This is like Eric Coriel and Dan Fouts. They've been doing this for a long time. Very on brand for them. 7th in passing, only 22nd in rushing on offense, though. Uh, Just something to keep an eye on. And then they are 7th in special teams, Green Bay is 28th. And those are all per DVOA, per FTN Fantasy. Dad? Anything there? Should we move on to our general thoughts of the game and move on to your favorite section? <laughs> Always my favorite section. But let's yes. go on to the uh, let's why the other nice. team stinks. My favorite, ah, my favorite great. section. Right? No, we are moving on to the <laughs> first section of our the rest of our game preview. 
and talking about what we think is good about the other team. We look for something that we can say nice about the other team. Dad, you always struggle with this one, but what do you have for us in this one? Well, the, what I have is basically what we just mentioned is the Chargers have a top-tier passing game. They are fifth in the league in drop-back EPA per play and eighth in drop-back success rate, suggesting that some of that EPA per play is from expo- explosive plays to explain the ranking difference between success rate on a, a play-to-play basis and overall EPA per play. Kind of similar to what we what Jordan Love has shown, where he's been better on EPA per play than, say, com- completion percentage over expected. Um, and ever since they've lost their number two wide receiver, Mike Williams, in, in week three, they're still eighth in drop-back um, EPA per play. So they have a, they've still meant to managed to maintain a high level of um, passing offense performance. Herbert himself is eighth in EPA per play and 10th in completion percentage over expected plus EPA composite. He's also seventh in DVOA, um, passing DVOA that is, although PFF doesn't seem to like a season as much and have him as 14th rather than in the top 10. Most, most messages have him as a top 10 QB this year and the, and the Chargers offense overall as a top 10, especially in passing. What and yeah. So what have you got? Their offense is very dangerous. Uh, I was definitely going to talk about that passing offense if you hadn't. Uh, but what I chose to talk about is despite their record, despite being four and five, they play every team really close, even the good ones. Uh, they lost to the Dolphins by two, lost to the Cowboys by three. They were in a one-score game with the Chiefs in the fourth quarter, uh, and they lost to the Lions by three. So pretty much my thought on them, the thing I have to say nice, and there are definitely some other strengths that we'll talk about later, but is that they could easily be like six and six and three, like seven and two, if a couple balls bounce the other way. They every game they've played, even against top level opponents, has been close. So I think they are a better team than their record, in my opinion. But Dad, let's go on to talking a little more, maybe about the Charger strengths and talking a little bit about specifically what we are nervous about in this game in terms of matchup specific things that we think that the Chargers do well that maybe the Packers are going to have trouble with. What did you have for this one? Will the Chargers do well? Um, so the matchup, I think the matchup of the day is going to be covering Keenan Allen, you know, especially if Jair can't go. And, and Green Bay is already 29th in the league by DVOA in guarding wide receiver ones. So Keenan Allen is quite clearly their wide receiver one. He was quoted after being listed questionable today that he's that he'll play. He's currently fourth in the league in receiving yards with 895 and has six touchdowns on the year. He's fifth in the league in PFF receiver grade amongst wide receivers and eighth in passer rating when targeted amongst wide receivers with at least 50 targets. You always get something wonky when you have people with like, you know, one or two targets target, or low number. Yeah. You get like, oh, one target for a touchdown. This guy's got perfect passer rating when targeted. Yeah, Can't get open the whole rest of the game, but other than that, they should just throw it to him every time. Sounds like every time you throw it to him, you get a touchdown. <laughs> it's a touchdown, Perfect. right? Just, yeah. just, just keep targeting that guy, whoever he is. We don't know who he, we don't actually know who this guy is. He's just a mystery man yeah. that we've that we've created out of th- out of thin air. Um, but back to Keaton Allen. He's he lines up in the slot quite a bit, over fifty percent. So the question is, well, if Jair can play, will they, you know, stick with Nixon in the slot or move Jair into the, inside on those plays? Yeah, right. Yeah, I see Nixon, you making that. I Nixon see you making matchup, that indigestion face right now. <laughs> the Nixon matchup does not feel good. It does not feel great. He's no, struggled it doesn't. this year. Yeah, it's been. It's been and kind and of- Allen's kind of a bigger wide receiver at six two. Um, 
his contested catch rate is kind of middle of the pack and um sort of similar to what Dobbs has done this year, but not like down near the bottom. The where... thing with him is he's always open. Like he, he's <laughs> one like... of the best route runners in the league. Like, and I'll talk a little bit. I, I have some stats too. Once you're done that I'll just, you know, I was going to talk about them later when I talked about Jair yeah. specifically, but go ahead. Yeah. So one thing that's kind of interesting is most of his targets actually come close to the line of scrimmage. Like 61 of his 93 targets have been nine field, nine yards downfield or less. However, you know, it doesn't necessarily make sense because his receiving grade is elite at all levels of the field besides behind the line of scrimmage. So whether it's more than 20, 10 to 20, 0 to 10, he's got an elite receiving grade at all those levels. Yeah. I mean, he's really good. And I was going to talk about this later when, and I'll just talk about it now. We were going to talk about uh, players that we thought were key to the game. And the one that I said was Jair Alexander, and I'll I'll tack on some stuff about him later. Uh, but man, Keenan Allen is such a high volume receiver for the Chargers right now. He's averaging almost 11 targets a game this season, which is third in the league. Uh, he's ninth in the league in target share at 30.6%. Um, he's not just high volume, though. He leads the league in EP, uh, expected points added per game amongst receivers. Uh, he's fifth in uh, expected points added per target, seventh in EPA per catch, fourth in EPA per route. Um, he's heavily used situationally on third down. He's the he's third in NFL in third down target share at 34.5%. And all these numbers are per NFL ELO app. Uh, com if you want to go check them out. Uh, they don't target him too much in the red zone. It's actually surprisingly low, down at like 19.1%, which is pretty middle of the pack for like top level receivers. Kind of, it's not, I don't think it's even top 15 or 20. Yeah. Um, but yeah, especially those when his downs, overall, his target overall target share is, so is 30%. Yeah. The fact that they don't target him in the red zone is kind of surprising to me. But my point is, they like throwing him the ball. They're going to throw it to him a lot, and it goes well when they do. Like, that, he's a good player. He's a really, really good player. And he, he was someone that I was going to talk about if you hadn't. Uh, and I'm going to, I was going to talk about him when I talked about Jair Alexander Ooh. later. I'm glad I started uh, my section early before you, know, before yeah, you, you while you're you, still working. You beat me to it. It's two sections. You beat me to it. I will say though, and I was going to talk about this later. Um, no, I'll, I'll bring it up later when I talk specifically about Jair Alexander in that matchup. Um, but dad, did you have anything else that you are nervous about in this game? So, The other thing I was worried about is the pass rushing tandem of Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. The Chargers adjusted defensive sack rate by DVOA is fifth in the league. And both Bosa and Mack have elite PFF pass rush grades as individuals. Though as a whole, the team grades out just as average for pass rush. Um, And like in in the top 14 in true pass sets. But the individual, but Bosa and Mack as individuals amongst all edge rushers are in the top 14 in um, pass rush grade in both in true pass sets and also in win percentage um, in, tr- in true pass sets. So they're both effective. And you, we know these guys are good. They've been around for a while. Yeah, They've they wreck shop. And they're having slightly down years for their like respective careers. They're still really good. I mean, Khalil Mack had six sacks in one game. Like we've seen him, we've seen him be able to take over a game already this year. Uh, for me, anything else on that one? I also had some things that I'm nervous about. Yeah, go ahead. Th- those, those, are the, those are the two things that I had. Yeah, I mean, they, they're definitely going to be a problem. We've seen Rashid Walker struggle a little bit in pass protection the last few weeks. He let up five pressures last week. Zach Tom did really well against TJ Watt, who is like better than those guys, in my opinion. So hopefully that right side, uh, Zach Tom can continue to have success. 
but I'm a little worried about that left side for sure. Uh, for me, the other thing that I am nervous about is stopping Austin Eckler in the passing game. Uh, he currently is second in the NFL in targets per game per fantasy pros at 5.8 targets per game and 41 receiving yards per game. Um, Packers currently are 14th in the league in receiving yards given up to running backs per game per footballdb.com. Uh, this actually means they've improved quite a bit, though, uh, as a positive. Uh, because prior to the Broncos game, we talked about this because the Broncos also uh, throw to their running backs a lot. This was in week seven. Uh, and at that point, they were giving up the fifth most receiving yards per game to running backs. So they've kind of turned it around a little bit recently. They do still, however, give up the sixth most receptions to running backs per game. So they will let you throw to running backs. And they've been a little better about not giving up as They're many yards there. Better the at fact, tackling now than they were earlier. Well, maybe, but they also missed 16 tackles just last week against the Steelers. Last so, week was not a good one. So yeah. just keep an eye on it. It is something that I'm nervous about. They've been slightly better about it in the past three weeks, but it's still a bit nervous, especially with how good Austin Eckler is, like catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, Dad, anything else there? Or do you want to move on to maybe some re- reasons for optimism? Uh, some exploitable weaknesses right. of let's, the Chargers. Let's, let's switch to those uh, green and gold colored glasses. And why don't you go first? Because I think mine follows yours. Yeah, I mean, this is the big one. Their run defense is just horrible. It's really, really bad. To put it in perspective, this is these are some stats from last week's game. Uh, the Packers last week... So, so put in perspective, we know the Packers against the run last week were horrible. Awful. Terrible. Last week, to put it in frame of reference, Packers gave up over 200 yards rushing on 5.7 yards per carry. Horrible showing. 0.171 EPA per rush and a 48.6% rush success rate per RBSDM.com. The Chargers' EPA per rush given up was two and a half times worse than that at 0.443. It's almost three times worse in EPA per rush than the Packers were last week. They gave up 200 yards on six and a half yards per carry with a success rate of 53.6% against the Lions. The Lions just bullied them on the ground all game long. On the season, they are a little bit better than they showed last week, but it's still bad. A 40.4% rush success rate allowed is 21st. Negative 0.087 EPA per rush is 20th in the league. 24th in rush DVOA on defense, which takes into account strength of the opponent. Um, Defense adjusted line yards per DVOA is 24th, which is even worse than Green Bay's at 22nd. And that kind of measures like how much the D line is getting pushed back. It's you can go find clips and stills online of the Lions offensive line just three yards down the field with no one getting penetration on run plays. It was like the third play of the game at that point, too. But my point is the run defense is really bad, and that is definitely an exploitable weakness. As we've seen the Packers running game, you know, get up like a little more respectable. It's still not good. It's it's just not r- horrible anymore. Maybe we'll see. We'll except see. For, this except is, for that last game. Yeah, because well, they had. Tar- they had had like three good games out of four before last week or something like that. It was, they had been a good, they had had some good showings. But I still think last week there was more positive than there were in the first three weeks or like in weeks like three to five, because at least they had the long Dylan run. Dylan as a, like himself had a really good game. Uh, oh, oh for, for the, the, I'm talking the, about the Packers, Packers run. rushing offense. Yes. I'm talking oh, not, about, not the rushing defense. Yes, the, no, I'm talking anymore. about how the Packers rushing offense has been respectable the past few games, much better than it was earlier in the year, and that they should hopefully be able to take advantage of a really porous uh, Chargers rushing defense coming across, coming off of, that is, one of the worst yeah. rushing defense performances you can even have. Um, but right, yeah, this is a little different than when we were talking about how we hoped they would take advantage, I think it was the Raiders, 
um, because the Raiders were also bad on rush run defense, but the Packers run defense was performing more poorly back then than they are now. And so the chance of, I just mean the chance of taking advantage of a bad run defense seems to be better now than it was four weeks ago. Exactly. Exactly. But anyway, what, what did you have as an exploitable weakness of the chargers in this one? So what, in addition to being bad at defending the run, they're also bad at defending pass catching running backs. They're 27th in the league by DVOA in defending running backs as receivers. So I think this is a chance to use Jones and Dylan out of the backfield. In Jones' case, last week, he was lined up kind of all over. He had like um, three times in the slot and four times out wide per PFF for for where he was lined up. And so I think they can, you know, there's a, a chance for the Packers to take advantage of the Chargers ability to, to figure out what to do with the running back anywhere on the field seems yeah and i just checked the same stats that i was checking for the packers earlier the chargers allow the third most receiving yards per game to running backs in the league once again that's per footballdb.com. uh and then they are allowing the second most receptions per game to running backs uh in the league uh so yeah it's it's not great for them right now uh guarding running backs pretty much anywhere on the field uh, and we saw that last and, week as well. And with, with Jones having no injury designation this week, I hope he'll get a heavy workload as opposed to last you know, more like what he had two weeks ago than one week ago. Yeah, fingers crossed on that one because I think he did still have at least one. Uh, he was still limited each he of the was days still limited, this week but, with that but no designation. Yeah, yeah, no designation. But anyway... So those are some things that are maybe some exploitable weaknesses of the Chargers in this one. A lot of it has to do with the running backs. And so they're going to need, the Packers are going to need big games from the running backs in this one if they want to win. Uh, but dad, speaking of that, we should move on to our next section, which is, I hope the Packers blank. And it's kind of talking about how we want the Packers to approach this game. And mine is pretty similar to that. Uh, what we were just talking about in Speed Jones and Dylan. We talked previous episode about how well Dylan was doing about how uh, prior to the past two games, he had had uh, close to 40% of his runs going for two or fewer yards. And then in the past two games, only 11% of his runs are going for two or fewer yards. Just last week, five of his nine runs could have been deemed as successful per success rate uh, and had the longest run of his career at 40 yards. So seems like he's kind of picking up some steam as the year is going on. It's getting a little colder. Jones has struggled a little bit more. He's been hurt. Hopefully he's getting a little healthier and no better get right game than against this Chargers defense that we already talked about is not good against running backs, which we talked about. Um, But so that's the thing is like, I just want them to feed Jones and Dylan religiously because that'll also keep the Chargers offense off the field. And I'm much more scared of the Chargers offense than I am of the Chargers defense. Dad, (laughs) What do you that shows, that shows that shows wisdom. Let's know, let's right? like I'm not fear what they're what they suck at and uh, fear yeah. what they're good at. I'm clearly a genius. This is the kind of quality analysis. perspective you expect from from the father son Packers podcast. Yeah, you don't want the other team to have the ball. That's you. If you score more points, you will win. But anyway, Dad, that's some backed up by backed up by real statistics. That's some real numbers right there, Dad. What do you hope the Packers do in this one? Um. So I'm adding a little bit extra here. So the Chargers are also bad at defending the middle of the field uh, um, for passing. Dead last at defending the middle of the field per DVOA. So what I'd like to see Green Bay do is focus on attacking the middle of the field with Musgrave, Watson, and Reed possibly hit, um, attacking the deep middle where 
LA, um, the Chargers' bad middle of the field defense is at its worst in in terms of DVA uh, grade. And then with Jones and Dylan on short screens underneath. So I really think there's a good chance to take take advantage of the weakest part of the Chargers defense in an area that we've been kind of begging for them to do more already. Well, honestly, I feel like, and I need to check the numbers for this, I feel like the Packers have actually attacked the middle of the field quite well this year. Well, definitely when you compare it to previous years. But I would say... I'm, yes, I, I would say more about like particular... Though they have been doing Musgrave, usually in a few passes a game, but I think he's got a chance to they finally, maybe catch another pass up the, sea, up the seam and not fall down. They finally you know, get crossed. up the seam to him. He will fall down. But as long as he's catching it 30 yards downfield, I don't care if he's going to fall down. I would like to see more passes across, running across the middle for Watson. They did use him inside on that third down conversion, but I'd like to see more passes to him on the move across the middle of the field um, where he already has momentum and doesn't have to stop and start. Um, so those are the things I want on offense. On defense, I'd like to just, you know, bracket Allen as much as possible and yeah. with a with a, with a linebacker shadowing Eckler. Because they are seriously depleted in pass catching options right now. Basically, it's, it's it's time I think for us to force them to try to beat us with what should be their fifth, what would have been originally their fifth and sixth um, receiving options on this team. With 100%. you know Palmer, Williams, and Everett already has basically numbers three, four, and five on their and, depth chart, and possibly Guyton out as well. Possibly yeah, Guyton also well. misses. Yeah, it's just and Quentin Johnson. Quentin Johnston has not struggled. been doing as much as they hope, hoped. He's been struggling. I keep picking him up in fantasy and then dropping again, right? right you know, right since the weekend's over. You know, I have a lot of Chargers fan friends, and I got something sent to my group chat today. Are you familiar with Matt Harmon's reception perception uh, and success rate per route? Pretty much the only place that uh, Quentin Johnson, uh, he essentially looks at a sample of games, like usually an eight game sample. Uh, and goes based on how successful a player was uh, in terms of getting separation on each kind of route. And the only route that Quentin Johnson is having success on right now is screens. Everything else is below league average, which is, you know, not a great place to be. He is struggling right now. And he was someone I was really high on coming out of the draft out of TCU. So I still think he can be good, but right now he's struggling. I think he can be, but I think he has to be used the right way. You know, one thing, we talked about this at the time we were analyzing the draft. He actually, though he's a bigger receiver, he wins like a small receiver with run after the catch. Yeah, I was thinking about this this week after our last discussion, that maybe the Packers should be using Watson this way too. Not as the, I'm going to heave it to him downfield, but I'm going to give him the ball in space to run, run after the catch with it. I, the thing he's a lot Watson, faster than Justin. Yeah, but I don't think he's as twitchy. And the thing with Watson is like I don't think his change of direction is crazy. As part of the he reason, a whole that, lot, he does have a whole lot of wiggle. But if you get yeah. it to him in, in motion, Dobbs, then he, I think Dobbs and Reed have yes. more wiggle than him. For for Watson, well, actually, you know about, the guy I think who has wiggle, Wicks. The most wiggle is Wicks. You got it. It's Wicks yeah. when he gets the ball in his hand. I actually disagree, though. I think Reed has more wiggle than him. I, I've been impressed with Reed with Wicks? the ball in his hands. Yes, I, I, I think, think so. Reed has good. He's more a burst. And Dobbs, Wicks, but I think I've, Dobbs's wiggle is underrated. When they throw him screens, they go for eight yards every time. Like he, when he gets the ball and it's actually blocked, he is he is making people miss, and he's quick. I think he's quicker than people realize. Uh, but the the fact of the matter is, though, that yeah, the Chargers 
receiving options are limited in this game, especially considering the fact that their first round receiver has struggled so far this year. Obviously, now that we're talking about it, he's going to go for 100 yards because that's just how these things go. But you never know. I spoke it into existence. Yes, we're really just just begging for like a 200-yard Quentin Johnson game at this point. But you're right. He's built like a bigger receiver, but it's 10 not years really from now, they'll say, and you can see where he got his career going and he broke out. Yeah, it's like prior to that Packers game, Quentin Johnson was really struggling to get a foothold in the NFL, but something clicked in that game. Yeah, it's going to be super annoying. But anyway, And he averaged over 100 yards per game for the rest of his career. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh <laughs> I can just see it in, in the headlines 30, 30, right now. 30 for 30 on Quint, yes. Quentin Johnson in, in uh, 15 years. I know. Oh, amazing. But anyway, Dad, anything else that you hope the Packers do in this game? Or do you want to move on to uh, in, individual players we're not taking our eye off of? I think, I'm ready, I think I'm ready to move on. Okay. So players to keep your eye on in this game. This section is where we talk about not necessarily we talk about players maybe that we think will be standouts, but also players that we think will play a pivotal role in this game. So if they play well, we think that the Packers are going to win. If they play poorly, we think the Packers' chances of winning go way down. And like I talked about earlier, my player for this section is Jair Alexander. Talked all about how Keenan Allen is a super high-volume receiver. Talked about all of what he's been doing this year. He was great at the end of last year, too, coming off that hamstring injury. He's been a great receiver in this league for a very long time. Super high volume, very efficient, just a great player. But the last time that they matched up in week nine of 2019, Keenan Allen had just three catches on four targets for 40 yards. Now, the Chargers won that game, and they led for a lot of it. But you look at like all the surrounding games for Keenan Allen, and it's like eight catches, 80 yards, seven catches, 80 yards, nine catches, 90 yards, three catches, 40 yards. So there is at least some precedent that Jair Alexander has had some success against him before, is all I'm going to say. So he is a player I have to watch, and then also Keyshawn Nixon, because we talked about how much Keenan Allen lines up in the slot. That's a really tough matchup. That's a really tough matchup for Keyshawn, but we're hoping for the best there. If he can just, you know, hold his own, that's like the biggest thing. But dad, who are you watching in this game? Who are you keeping your eye on? So I think I'm going to be keeping an eye on Kenny Clark, especially if Rashawn Gary doesn't go. Um, or, or whoever's lining up on you know interior defensive line on a given play. So why, for the, why is so much interior defensive line if Gary's not playing? Because I would think that you'd be looking at Preston and LVN in that, in that instance. Or do you just think well, they're going to need Kenny to play even better than he already does to make up for that lack of That's what edge? I mean. That okay. if, if, if Gary's not there, I think Kenny's ability to penetrate inside is going to be more important. Um, for the, the Chargers offensive line, they're only offensive lineman who has a, like a, a great, you know, well above average grade is their left tackle, Rashawn Slater. All the rest of their O-line is kind of just an average or a little below average. And the worst of the lot is their, is their current center, Will Clapp. He's got their worst pass blocking grade by PFF. So I think going up pressure up the middle is going to be the best route to pressure Herbert. And if you pressure Herbert, he's not much of a runner. He's not taking off. He can, he can move a little bit, though. Okay. I, like However, you watch him. I know the numbers aren't very high, but you can watch him. His, his, his DVO grade for rushing by QBs is 30th in the league. Um, so I, you know, he just gets his, he's pretty good at not having pressures converted into sacks, but I think that's more like what we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Matt Stafford is that he actually, his time to throw is pretty short. So he just gets rid of the ball pretty quickly. 
um, to avoid sacks rather than being able to well, scramble downfield. Part of the thing with him is he's really good at first read, second read, check down. He, like, he gets to the check down almost every time. And that's part of why we talked about Austin Eckler has so many targets. And that's part of the reason why it's going to be really important to keep an eye on him in the passing game. Because uh, Herbert's very good. It's like when the pressure's coming, it's like, oh, I got Eckler right here. He's going to take it for like yeah. eight yards and we're going to stay out of schedule. But that's why the Packers yeah. can't let that I, I was very tempted to go with Quay Walker here. Yeah, if he um, can play. If he can play or if he's not, um, Devondre Campbell, like who's who's following Eckler and how quick can they bring him down to the ground quickly to avoid extra yardage? This is not a game you're going to survive if you have 16 missed tackles. It's not, it's not going to happen. You are not like, if you tackle like they, if they tackle like they did against Pittsburgh last week, just it's done. That's it. Yep. So that's, that's who I'll be watching. Um, Kind of the middle, basically the middle of the Packers defense there. Yeah. If Gary can't play, they're going to need everyone, everyone along that line to step it up from Clark to Wyatt to LVN to Preston to TJ Slayton. Like they can't, they can't afford to have, I didn't think the D line played very well last game. I mean, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm breaking. We had, any we had you. It was two yards yeah, we, per carry before contact every single time. That's very we cool. Had one sack. One sack. One sack. I think maybe one sack oh, by Preston. One sack and then another one called back for penalty on an illegal contact. But yes, uh, not great. But anyway, those are our players to watch. Dad, should we go to our final section? Overtime. Some things that we didn't have fit in our initial brackets and just some extra things that we wanted to discuss in this one that we found interesting. I've got a couple of things, but I'll let you go first. Okay. So this is more of kind of a description of the Packers as a whole. So I wasn't quite sure where to throw it in. Um, but on a per drive basis, um, and basically the a, a per drive pair differential. So since you know football is, as we talked about before, a taking turn sport. So one drive on offense and one drive on defense. Um, in points differential from an offensive drive to defensive drive, the Chargers are 11th in the league at plus 0.18. So they're in the positive. Green Bay, however, is 18th, negative 0.09. Yards differential, however, the Chargers are actually 24th. They're worse than the Packers in yards per drive. Um, Green Bay is 17th at negative one. So they're both actually in the negative per uh, yeah. um, yards, net yards yeah. per drive, drive pair. And so you would think that, that could be... Well, I was going to say just a reason that that could be with the net yards per drive. Just listeners, some things that are popping around in my head is uh, turnovers. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about that in a second, but Chargers are probably routinely having better field position than their opponents. Uh, And then also, and that's that's the big thing I think is the field position there and the fact. But also, I think another thing. Go ahead. That could happen for the discrepancy between points and yards is like red zone efficiency. Yeah. Well, I have, um, I have some things. You're, you're throwing it right to my wheelhouse, right. Dad. I got stats on both of these things. Are you ready for them? But I had one more thing I wanted to say about this. So you would expect that based on the sort of Chargers numbers that they're kind of losing yards on each, you know, exchange of possessions, that they would be basically backing up. But they are also one of the better teams um, in special teams DVOA. I think they're like seventh or something yeah, in the league they, in special they're seventh and the Packers are 28. And the Packers are not. <laughs> yes. Bad. Very bad. Paying um, all this money they, to be so, terrible at special teams again. Cool. So I, I went through and looked at what the sort of average yards per punt return or average return yards per punt. So 
actually taking account for the fair catches for zero, you know zero yards each time. So the Chargers are fourth in that in punt return average per per punt, and uh, the Packers are twenty fifth in punt return average against per punt. Cool. So that's a volatile mix. Sick. Very awesome. Very fun. I think probably part of that is a little skewed from having that punt return touchdown against the Saints in week three. The Rashid Shahid one where he took it like 70 yards or 60 yards or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, it's not great. It has not been good on special teams. It hasn't been good enough. It hasn't been. We've talked about it almost after almost every game, how the special teams has not been good enough, um, especially for the investment that they've made into that group. And for it to still be bottom five is frankly like unacceptable. Like They need to take a look at that this offseason for sure. Um, for me though, as I was kind of hinting at two things that I had not got a chance to talk about. The first is turnover watch. Um, the Packers have just eight takeaways on the season, uh, per NFL pick watch, uh, which is third fewest in the league. Meanwhile, the chargers protect the very, uh, the ball very well, uh, with the fewest turnovers in the league at seven. So that's something there, which is like a reason to be like, uh, that's not great. It's not good. That's not a good matchup for the Packers to have. And then the other is down in the red zone, uh, where I think this is going to be kind of an interesting and maybe where the entire game is decided is down in the red zone. Uh, the Chargers have the second highest red zone touchdown percentage in the league per RBSDM. They're up, they're up in the 70%, like doing a just kind of kicking ass, to be honest. Um, and then the Packers have the 10th best red zone touchdown percentage on defense. Uh, they kind of Packers have been just letting teams kind of drive it down on them and then just getting three stops in a row somehow, just pulling it, pulling a rabbit out of a hat kind of. And forcing field goals, thankfully. And that's what's kept them in a lot of games, namely the Vikings game, the Steelers game. They forced a lot of field goals, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, so those are the two things that I didn't get a chance to talk about that I think are probably some pivotable, pivotable, some pivotal uh, statistics that might decide this game, especially the turnover one. The fact that the Packers just seemingly cannot force turnovers to save their life. They cannot get to the ball. And it's yeah, something very that few they, interceptions. And I don't know how, how many forced fumbles they've had. It's very, not many, very few. It's not many. Uh, but those are two things that I didn't get a chance to talk about in this one that I wanted to dad. Should we move on to the bottom line and start wrapping this thing up? Yeah, let's get to the, get to the bottom line. What, what's what, what think is, uh, so pivotal, bottom line, pivotal parts here. Yeah. Bottom line is just, you know, it's as simple as that dad, the chargers win if blank. Um, Green Bay can't get pressure, and Herbert just has all day. Yeah, is, I was. Is, I think if that if that happens, then the Chargers are going to win. Did I tell you about how I sent my uh, friends who are Chargers fans uh, the list of our secondary that we played last game? Uh, they did not believe that those were real. <laughs> they they thought I made up you at least made, one of those names. Those are made up words. They're I, all made. They're up all words. made up words. But anyway, Mind I was blown. I was like, last game we started Carrington Ballantyne, Jonathan Owens, Rudy, uh, Rudy Ford. Keyshawn Nixon and and uh, Corey Ballantyne and in the secondary and they were like, I've never heard of any of those people before in my entire life. I was right. like, you the only reason it wasn't Hinkle McCringleberry is because he's a receiver. Exactly, and that's the thing is like, if if they don't get pressure on Herbert, I don't think the back seven, they're the 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 back line. Sorry, the back uh, the secondary is going to hold up in this one because it's not fair to assume they will. Like I we I know we talked about how the Chargers like receiving options are a bit decimated but it's not like the Packers secondary is like churning on all cylinders right now they got a lot of depth pieces back there and it's looking like they won't even have Ford this game hopefully they have Jair 
and they're able to have a top corner matchup with their top receiver, that'd be a big thing there. We've talked about a bunch of times already. But anyway, uh, for me, the bottom line is the Chargers win if they don't charger. Uh, I'm sorry, my Chargers fan, uh, fan friends, but it's just a thing with... <laughs> did, did you see? He, what he's saying is, you know what he's talking about. Yes, I know they do. Have you seen the <laughs> stat that has been making its way around uh, regarding the Chargers record and how they're just kind of in the middle right now? They're stuck in the middle. They are currently 482, 482, and 11 all-time. Herbert is 29 <laughs> And 29 as a starter. And since his first start, they have scored 1,502 points and allowed 1,502 points. I so, have not seen this. This is kind of wild. That's kind of a wild stat. And it does not actually mean anything. I just thought I'd throw it in here because I thought it was funny. But yeah, the big thing is like if the Chargers don't shoot it's the Nexus, all three of them have been equal at the same time. The planets are aligned and the world's going to end. That's the thing is like, <laughs> I think like if the Chargers don't shoot themselves in the foot, they should win this game pretty easily. I'm really surprised the spread is only three. I feel like that's like borderline disrespectful to the Chargers. Like Packers aren't the Packers have been better the last two weeks. Doesn't make them a good team. Like every team yeah, plays but, the Steelers but, close because the Steelers like playing every team close. The Steelers, the Steelers can't outgate it. You can't outgate anybody. But actually, I have. Out. I felt like for this stretch of four games here, um, Steelers, Chargers, Chiefs, and Lions, that this game against the Chargers is the most winnable winnable of those four. I mean, with the yeah, Steelers game, you, with the Steelers game being on the road. When and you the compare, Chargers, yeah, sure. losing, losing, they've lost a decent number of games. But I think that just says more about the Steelers, like that's more about the Steelers, Lions, and Chiefs than it is about the Chargers. Like I don't, I don't think the I was expecting the spread to be like five for the Chargers, even on the road, because I just think the Chargers are a substantially better football team. But if they don't shoot themselves in the foot, they should win this game. Is kind of how I feel about it. But Dad, the Packers win if blank. Um, I have them winning if if they can hold Allen to less than fifty yards receiving, just because of the there aren't that many other receiving options. I suppose we could have some like crazy scenario where somebody goes bonkers, but I think if they if they hold Allen to less than fifty yards receiving, they'll have a good chance with it. Nice. Uh, Maybe me, I should say like if they sack Herbert f- five times, they're going to win. Or how about I take a really like controversial taking? If they sack Herbert ten times and force five turnovers, I think they'll win. That's, I mean, I would hope so. If they get, if you get 10 picks, they should win, right? The Packers win if they get 30 interceptions. If they intercept them on every pass attempt, they should win that game. Here we go. I'm here to, I'm here to watch that game if that happens. I know, right? Hey, be a legendary game. But anyway, realistically, I said the Packers win if they can establish the running game on offense. If they can really like keep a high success rate and just move the ball, running the football and don't need to worry about making mistakes and can keep the Chargers offense off the field. I think there's a path to success there. And we've seen other teams have similar paths to success against the Chargers in that same way. Um, Dad, wrapping up here, score prediction. What do you got? So I'm, I'm, I'm back to get picking the, uh, the Packers and I have them winning 23 to 17. I am also back to picking the Packers and I, I have not been doing that a whole lot this year. I think that we have become the trap game. I think we are the trap game. So I've got Packers 24-21. <laughs> and I think just it's going to be really like weird. It's going to be a if weird If you look around the table and you can't game. identify the trap game, you You're are the, the trap, trap game. game. And I, hey, 
if we want to be the trap game, was it was that quote Danny DeVito in It's Always Sunny? It's like, it's me. I'm the trash man. That's my character. Like, it's something like that. It's like, we are the trap game. That's our character. Like, we we dig it. We're into that. Um, but yeah, no. I think that they can win this game because I think, to be frank, like, I, the Chargers are probably overlooking us because we're not we're not very good. But we can be a little frisky. I just wish this game was cold. Oh, I wish this Plus, game was I'd like so to tell them colder. that. That's true. It'd be really nice if this was uh, like a snow game against oh. uh, against SoCal. Global warming but, is taking away the Packers' home field advantage. My article, but anyway, it's ahead. a conspiracy to take yeah. away the Packers' uh, home field advantage. But I would also like to tell the Chargers, you know what? This is not a conference game. Yeah, you should rest, Keenan Allen. There, rest, Keenan Allen. Rest, rest, Austin Eckler. Just give them, a, give them a break, you know? But no, they're way too far behind. That's the thing, is they do need this win. So that's why... I, yeah, that's they're, why they're I, tied... They're third place tied for last in in the AFC, in, in their division. I, I pointed this out to my friends. I was like, you do realize you have like a worse record than the Raiders, right? And they just hung the phone up on me. That was that was how that <laughs> conversation went. Did they hang up anyway. on you for that? Yeah, but anyway. Oh, and Chargers fans hate, hate the, the Raiders. Raiders more than anybody. Hate the Raiders, right? yeah. They didn't actually hang up on me, but they, I'm sure they were about to. They 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 threatened to if I brought it up again. But anyway, this has been our preview for the Packers game against the Chargers this weekend. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard here today, come give us a follow on Twitter at Father Son Packer. We tweet out when we have new episodes, stats we find interesting, articles we find interesting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Give them subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We even put all our episodes out on YouTube as well. If you subscribe to us there, we would really appreciate it. But anyway, thank you again for listening. And until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.